A summary of the Sikha. It's a little difficult to make a summary of the Sikha because it is not in the style of a regular Lakuta Sikhas, but it's more it's a transcript of the Fabrengan that took place in Tashim Aleph in nineteen eighty before Rosh uh, on Rosh Hashanah. But we'll try anyway. On the Pasuk, um, you stand today, all of you, before Hashem. The Alter Rebbe says that this Hayoim uh, today means Rosh Hashanah, as is well known that Atem Hayoim is a reference to Rosh Hashanah. And it's, it includes Kulchem, every one of us, from the, the top of, the, of this, the highest status to the lowest status, everybody in between is all united as one. And this is because we are lefnei Hashem alekechem. We, sta- we stand in the presence of Hashem, so we become united under the greatness of Hashem. But that's how it is when, our, because Hashem made that happen. He is there in our presence, so therefore we become united. But what every yid wants to do something on their own, we want to accomplish something on our own. We want to achieve things through our own efforts. And when you achieve, as it says, that a person wants one measure of what he accomplished on his own rather than nine measures what somebody else gave him and over here somebody else is referring to Hashem because Hashem is also called your friend so when we accomplish that one measure on our own we also get the nine measures which Hashem gives us so we get the full impact of everything because we put a little bit of effort in so what is the we also have to accomplish this unity through our own efforts so first we sanctify the day of Rosh Hashanah as we know that it's up to the Yidden to make this to bring the sanctity to Yom and Tevin. and then we gather together as one person with one goal by the Fabrengen that the Rebbe was talking about and especially that we connected with saying L'chaim which is a material thing which becomes a part of our body we drink and it becomes a part of our body and, we call, and the, when we drink together it brings us even closer together as it says G'day the Gemara says that when the people drink together, it brings them even closer. So that's another met, uh, another deeper closeness, especially that it's on Rosh Hashanah, which as the we'll talk about later, that it's written in the Tanakh, that this is a day where the joy of Hashem is our strength, and we are told to drink sweet wines in addition to eating good food. As the Pasuk says, Ichlu Mamtakin, Especially that year was a Shnas Hakil. So Hakil is uh, the idea of gathering together in the first place. And it starts from Rosh Hashanah, even though Hakil actually takes place in Sukkot. But it already begins because it's uh, the year of Hakil begins at Rosh Hashanah because it says, in regards to the mitzvah of Hakil, Mikates Sheva Shanim at the end of seven years. When did the seventh year end, the Shemitah year end? At Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is the first day of the new year. So the year of Hakel is already starting. And especially the way Chassidus explains the Pasuk, which describes when we have to blow Shoifer on Rosh Hashanah. It says, Blow Shoifer on the day where the moon is covered of the month that Sukkot takes place, which means Tishrei. And the first day of the month, which is Rosh Chodesh, Rosh Hashanah, that's when you should blow Shoifer. So Chassidus explains that everything that takes place on Sukkot is found on Rosh Hashanah in a concealed way. Everything from Sukkot is already there in a concealed way on Rosh Hashanah. So the Hakel, which is, uh, of course plays out on Sukkot, is already there starting on Rosh Hashanah, but in, in a concealed way. 
So all these things bring us together, and therefore everybody should say Lachaim said the Rebbe on the wine which brings joy to brings joy should be with great simcha. Especially the Rebbe added that we do it in this great the, the, the Rebbe Shul, the Friediger Rebbe Shul, the Rebbe Shul place of Torah, place of Tefillah. So in addition to the right time, it's also the right place. And the Rebbe gave a bracha that everything that needs to be accomplished should be accomplished. What would seem is the second sicha began that uh, the uh, Rosh Hashanah is called Zeh Yom Tchilus Masecha. This is the day of the beginning of your handiwork because that's the day that Adam Arishon was created. So it says over here, Zeh, this is the day. Zeh is a reference to direct knowledge. It talks about Hashem and it stands with us in full revelation as opposed to Koi, which means that it's something at a distance from us. As we know the difference that Moshe Rabbeinu prophesied with Zeh. He, he was able to see full revelation of Hashem, whereas the other prophets said, Hashem, so said Hashem, because it was more at a distance, not as directly revealed to them. So this whole discussion is said by the Tzemach Tzedek in a number of places, even in Lukot Torah, which is, makes a lot of sense, because the, Rosh, the Tzemach Tzedek was born on Erev Rosh Hashanah. That's the time that he was born. And we know that the Alter Rebbe said a Maimer, which began in that year that the Tzemach Tzedek, the day that the Tzemach Tzedek was born on Erev Rosh Hashanah of that year which eventually that became the first three program of Tanya and Tzedek happens of course when the, uh, the Neshama is about to be revealed into this world come down into a body so when uh, an oath is administered that you should be a Tzadik that happens at the time of birth before the time of birth so that was when the Alter Rebbe said this Majbim Isai at the time when the Tzemach Tzedek was born, the day that he was born, as he came out into the world. Now this birth of the, the, the birth of the Tzemach Tzedek is also connected with Rosh Hashanah specifically because Rosh Hashanah is the day that Adam Rishon was created, of course, which is very similar to the idea of the Neshama coming into the world, the birthday of every Yid. In fact, the Mishnah makes, draws the analogy between the creation of Adam Arishan and the birth of Eviyid and tells us that why was Adam Arishan uh, created as one singular person and then the whole world came from that so that every year in all generations which means in our day and age we are told that something happened thousands of years ago just to teach us that we, each one of us is also a whole world we can bring forth a whole world just like Adam Arishan that's why he was born uh, created as one individual which draws the analogy between the birth of Eviyid and the creation of Adam so um, the creation of Adam happened in Rosh Hashanah that ties into the birthday of Eviyid because Rosh Hashanah is the rebirth of every single Yid as well and that's why in fact the, the, the Alter Rebbe said the, the Maimer Mashbim Oisai on Erev Rosh Hashanah because on Rosh Hashanah is already the birthday the Mashbim it takes place before the birth of Eviyid, and that's why he said it on Erev Rosh Hashanah, even though one could say that uh, Adam Arishan wasn't created in the first hours of Rosh Hashanah of that first year. He was created towards the end of that day, as the Gemara tells us the schedule of what happened on that day. Even so, now the beginning of Rosh Hashanah is already the birthday of Eviyid, and that's why it was said on Erev Rosh Hashanah. The Rebbe notes another thing. In fact, Rosh Hashanah can never be the same way as it was in year one. Year one it was on Friday. 
as we know, the sixth day was when Adam uh, Rishon was born, it was created. In the in the, our calendar today, the Gemara says, the Rambam says that Loi Adu Rosh Hashanah, the first day of Rosh Hashanah can never come out on Sunday, Wednesday, or Friday. So you can never have Rosh Hashanah the first day of Rosh Hashanah on Friday. But the only possibility that Rosh Hashanah could be on Friday is if the second day Rosh Hashanah is on Friday, as it was in that year, that the first day Rosh Hashanah was Thursday, so the second day was Friday. And since we know that Rosh Hashanah is considered one long stretch of time, one big day, so therefore Rosh Hashanah came out on Friday that year as well. In fact, the birth, the creation of Adam Arishan was not during the first part of Rosh Hashanah, of that sixth day, it was towards the end of the day as we mentioned before so here too when you have two days Rosh Hashanah the actual birth of Adam Arishan would be towards the end of Rosh Hashanah and that's what happens on Friday so in that year in, uh, occasionally that happens that it's Thursday, Friday and therefore Rosh Hashanah comes out and recreates the actual birth creation of, of Adam Arishan and this brings up another point of the Kulchan that we talked about, that every all Yidin are united in Rosh Hashanah, that, that there is an even greater degree of unif- unification, unity amongst the Jews. Because during all other Yom Tevim in Eitz Yisrael, you have only one day of Yom Tev. And that's in Chutzlaret, you have the Yom Tev Shenish The second day, we celebrate the second day of every Yom Tev. But on Rosh Hashanah, all Yidin in the whole world, also in Rosh Hashanah, in they celebrate two days of Rosh Hashanah. So therefore, it brings together even a deeper sense of unity between all the Jewish people, including with Eretz Yisrael and the Yidin in Golos. And the Rebbe notes that there is questions, they, there, are, uh, there are sages which question when exactly did it begin this idea that there were two days of Rosh Hashanah even in Eretz Yisrael. They look for the source of it. Rebbe points to a source in Nehemiah, in the book of Nehemiah, that it tells over there about how they celebrated Rosh Hashanah when they came back from Bavel to Eretz Yisrael. And he quoted the, some of the Psukim before. So it says there, on the first day of the seventh month, meaning Rosh Hashanah, they, he said to them, eat good food and drink sweet wine and send gifts to those who don't have uh, of their own because it's a day sanctified to Hashem. Do not be sad on this day, this day because the joy of Hashem is your strength. And then it says that the Eden went and they did it and they ate and they drank and they gave gifts and so on. And then it says, Ubayyimashani, and then on the second day, which could be read as the next day, meaning the day after Rosh Hashanah. But our sages tell us, some sages say, that means that they celebrated a second day Rosh Hashanah. There was a second day Rosh Hashanah then. That's a clear, right there is a clear, uh, clear indication in Tanakh that there was a second day Rosh Hashanah during that time. Then the Rebbe notes that uh, that which was mentioned, that the Yidin went and they made a great celebration on Rosh Hashanah. This could be connected to what the Friedrich Rebbe says in Sefer Amamar and Tavshiv Gimel at the beginning, that just as by the coronation of a human king it's done with great pomp and ceremony and with great joy, so also in the, the coronation of Hashem, Rosh Hashanah is done with great joy and with great, uh, with great celebration. And the reason is because Malchus came Malchus the kingdom on earth is similar to, modeled after this, the uh, kingdom in heaven. And the Rebbe makes a parenthetical note to the, examine this idea of the kingdom of 
on earth is similar to the kingdom of heaven. What, sent, what does it mean when he says that just like the, uh, a king down here, coronation down here happens with great joy, that's why Hashem also is coronated with great joy. What's, why is that necessarily true? Does Hashem have to do his coronation similar to the way a human king does his coronation? Why does it have to be that way? In fact, we find many times in Chazal that they say mashal. They want to explain something in the spiritual sense and the way it should be done according to halacha. They say similar to what happens by a human king. So why is it necessarily true that just because a human king does something some way that we have to do the same way for Hashem, the king? And the same could also be asked about what the Maggit says about the, the, that just like a father has the image of his son, of his children imprinted on his mind, so also Hashem has the image of the Jewish people imprinted on his mind. And he makes the difference that by a father that could only happen after the child is born, but before the child is born he can't have the image imprinted on his mind, but Hashem, even before he created the Jews, already had their image imprinted on his mind, because to Hashem past, present, and future is all one, and it doesn't have, he doesn't have to wait until after he creates them. Fine, but who says that just because a father down here has his image of his children imprinted on his mind, that Hashem also has to have his um, image of his children imprinted on his mind? So the explanation is that it's not because we do it or it happens down here that way that Hashem does it that way up there. It's the opposite. How, why is everything, how does everything happen down here? Everything happens in the way that Hashem is. He created us in His image. He created If we look at ourselves, we have an idea, a concept of what Hashem is like. That's how He created us. We evolve from how things happen up there. And therefore, when you look at something down here, you know that that's how it happens up there too. It's not because we do it, that's why He does it. It's the opposite. Because it's up there, that happens that way there. That's why it evolved to happen down here in the same way. And the reason Hashem created everything in His image is because he wanted that we should relate to him not only simply out of faith, but we don't understand anything that's going on. He wanted us to understand and to know how it happens, how it works. That's why he created us in a way similar to himself. And therefore, when we look at ourselves, we look at our reality, we understand, we have somewhat of an understanding of a knowledge of how things happen up there as well. And therefore when we see that that's how kings celebrate their coronation down here, we know that it evolves from the fact that Hashem celebrates His coronation up there also with great joy and celebration. That's the parenthetical note. Then he continues that um, what it says over there that happened in the story of Nehemiah on the first day of Rosh Hashanah, they went and they ate and they celebrated and then it came the second day. What did they do on the second day? They gathered... The, the people and the Kayim and the Levim, the heads of the thing, they came to Ezra Sefer to study the Torah and they founded the Torah that it says that the Yidin should dwell in the Sukkah on, uh, during the seventh month during Tishrei and the 15th of Tishrei. So Ezra said every, they should go and send out a message, make an announcement that in every city and Yerushalayim they should go out to the mountain and bring all kinds of leaves for Schach and make Sukkahs as it says in the Torah. And the Rebbe notes that it says over here they should go out to the mountain whereas in Chagi where it says that it's time to build the Beis HaMikdash 
go up onto the mountain to bring wood, it says there, go up onto the mountain. Over here it says, go out to the mountain. What's the reason? Because the answer is, because there they were talking about there was no Beis Amigdash yet. They had to build the Beis Amigdash. So Chagi was saying, go up onto the mountain. You have to, we have to grow into a, a time when we don't have the Beis Amigdash to a time where we do have the Beis Amigdash. That is a great ascent. But over here the Beis Amigdash was up already. And the fact that they, he was telling them to go build sukkahs, which means they were in a situation where they didn't have a sukkah, but later they will have a sukkah. That is not a, so that's also an ascent, but that is not, that's not a big question because the mom, on that same day they took the resolution that they were going to make sukkah. So therefore, since a machshava a good resolution, Hashem considers it as if, Mitzar says, as if it's a done deal, so it's as if they had already built the sukkahs. And therefore, there wasn't any more going up. The sukkahs were done already. That's a done deal, and therefore, it wasn't a matter of going up. And then it says in the passage that the Yidin went out and they brought, uh, they brought uh, the uh, things that they needed and they made sukkahs on their roofs and in their courtyards and in the courtyard of the, of the Beis Hamikdash as well. And there was a great celebration, the Pasuk says, as he says and earlier, that there was no such celebration since the time of Yeshua until that day. And um, there is a discussion on this matter where it says that they built a Beis Amigdash. They built the Sukkot in the Beis Amigdash as well. There is a Tshuvah Saga'inim, which they were asked the question whether Sukkot need to be built in shuls as well, or only at home. And the reason they asked the question was because it says, Teishu Ke'en Saduru, you have to dwell in a sukkah in a similar way to the way you live. So we don't live in a shul, so maybe only in the house. And the Goyenim said, we have a Pasuk. First of all, they said there are guests that come to the sukkah, to the shul, and they have to have, to have a place to eat. So for them, also there's a need for a sukkah. But they brought a proof from this Pasuk that they made sukkahs also in the courtyard of the Beis Amigdash. And they said that actually in Baghdad, it was always customary to build a sukkah in the shul, and that is the minigisrol that we build a sukkah in the shul as well. So the Rebbe says from this story, it is an interesting uh, you know, takeaway from this story, even though the Rebbe says it needs to be studied a little more because I've never seen it in any sefer, but he still says that on the second day of Rosh Hashanah, one should already be planning sukkahs. Even though, of course, you can't do anything, to, you can't build a sukkah, but to make plans to make resolutions about what you were going to do for the sukkah. It should be with great joy. This should already happen on the second day of Rosh Hashanah. As they did then in the time of Nehemiah, as the story relates. Especially according to what Chesidus explains, which we mentioned before, that that whatever happens, whatever comes out in a revealed way on sukkah is already happening on Rosh Hashanah in a concealed way. So we see the link between sukkah and Rosh Hashanah. The, uh, the final uh, that the Rebbe brings out from this whole thing is that we need to, the Pasuk over there says that on Rosh Hashanah they, they said that they should prepare, give gifts to those people that don't have so also on Rosh Hashanah it goes without saying, the same is true for Sukkot also that in order for Yidin to be able to celebrate Sukkot with great joy we have to give them everything that they need someone that doesn't have, we have to make sure they have everything that they need to be able to have great joy on Rosh Hashanah and on Sukkot and in all the days in between as well. And this will bring to the great Simcha, the final Simcha of Mashiach Tzidkenu.
And until then, there should be a for every single Jew in every single matter in a revealed way in our reality.